car that was good on gas and easy to park downtown. Stop in. Let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. Remember that cowboy in the song, him and his horse looking for water? Cool, clean water. If that cowboy and Dan were here today, they'd just call 307 Wildcat Well Service, a local company that specializes in water drilling and pumps, residential or ranch, repair or service. So for water wells and all that goes with them, look for a 307 Wildcat Well Services ad in the country bounty, and you too will have cool, clean water. Water, water. As we approach Memorial Day, Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles takes this time to salute our soldiers, veterans, service dogs, and those who have given their lives. These amazing men and women put their lives on the line for our freedoms. Let's make sure they know how much we appreciate them. Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles, they're looking forward to serving you this summer. They have a wonderful collection of antiques and great gift ideas for any occasion. Shopping is always fun at Best Out West Antiques and Collectibles in Sheridan. Darla and the entire staff honor our heroes today and every day. Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Dr. Colin Hardy and his team at Atlas Chiropractic are here to help. When your spine is out of alignment or subluxated, the nervous system can't function properly. Spinal misalignments can lead not only to headaches and back pain, but also sleeplessness, chronic tiredness, decreased immunity, and general malaise. Don't wait. Call Atlas Chiropractic today for a free examination and consultation with Dr. Hardy. It's time to spring into a healthier you at Atlas Chiropractic, Sheridan's premier wellness center. Call 672-6000 to schedule your appointment. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse this morning. I am joined by the Director of Institutional Communications at the University of Wyoming, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Floyd. Uh, how are you doing down there? Doing great. Uh, what's the weather like in Laramie right now? It's, uh, it's uh, sunny and warming up. It's been a wet to start to the week, which we should not complain about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, but it's, it looks like it's going to be nice for the next few days, which is great. And, uh, you know, with spring comes commencement. UW recently held their spring 2022 commencement. How'd it go? It uh, was was wonderful, uh, Floyd. Um, you know, we graduated about 2,000 students in four different ceremonies. Well, here, and then we had one in Casper as well. So make that five. And, and uh, anyway, it was uh, lots of people here and lots of people you know, really celebrating the, their success and, and moving to the next phase of their lives. A lot of hard work to get there. Uh, you know, UW College of Law, uh, you've got medical students down there, just about everything, everyone working so hard to finally put on that cap and gown. And uh, a great achievement, and congratulations to all of those. You bet. Guys. You know, Floyd, I mean, it would, we'd have to, we really need to recognize it. These these are students who dealt with COVID, yes, and that was that wasn't easy for for anybody involved really in any part of life. But education, uh, particularly, was was difficult, and um, these students had to persist and and struggle through some difficult times. And so it's a it just seems like it's particularly noteworthy because what these students have been through. Oh, having to endure that, you know, that is something that I hope we we look back on. Uh, you know, we don't have to deal with it anymore, and my fingers are crossed, but something that they can tell their grandkids, hey, I graduated during COVID. Don't come complain to me, you know? <laughs> exactly, yes. Now, speaking of UW, there's so many great studies being conduct conducted down there. Recently, UW won a $20 million grant to study climate-driven changes to the Cowboy State's water supply. Chad, tell us what this study is going to explore. 
Sure. So we know, Floyd, that, um, you know, um, uh, the climate is changing. It's warming. Uh, we're, we've seen it in our high mountains in Wyoming with the decline of glaciers, for instance, in the wind rivers. Uh, we know that, uh, that we've we're basically in, been in about a 20-year drought. You know, we, we now it's hard to talk about drought when it's been a little soggy this week. But overall, we know that the, the numbers show we're, we're just not getting the snow pack that we used to get. Fortunately, it looks like maybe this year, at least compared with the past 30, that, that we're right in maybe a little more closer to average. But over the long run, the the the, the scientists tell us there's good reason to to believe that that we're uh, our winters aren't going to be as harsh. We're not going to get the snowpack we usually do. And so, uh, so what does that mean for communities in the state? What does it mean for agriculture? What does that mean for tourism? What does that mean for you know? communities water supplies that's exactly what this study is going to look at is it's going to use uh, c computer modeling uh, and uh, and a, a bunch of uh, field work and other research to to try to give communities the information they need to help them look at what you know how can we adjust to maybe having less water than we've been used to and so uh, we've seen this of course across the region we know the Colorado River Basin in particular with that that the you know record low levels of some of their reservoirs, all this stuff. We're a headwater state, but uh, uh, um, and that makes it particularly important for this research here in in Wyoming. We're kind of where the river starts in in a lot of different places, aren't we? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we have the three of the big uh, drainages in uh, in the country. Uh, uh, you know, originate here in Wyoming and. Uh, and so you know, all the downstream users, you know, where you look at it in the Colorado River system in particular, but it applies to all of them, is uh, um, uh, the demand for water is not going down, and the volume of it, at least in, in, the, in the form of mountain, mountain snowpack, is, is going down. So something's got to give. Now, uh, UW actually is tracking those glaciers and their decline. Yeah, yes, uh -huh. yep. and other research to other places, too. But, yeah, it's been well-documented for, you know, 30-plus years that this is happening. And uh, but and that's just one that's just one piece of it, the evidence of it, right? I mean, uh, there's the, the temperature issue. There's the how much do you get in snow, how much do you get in rainfall. What they're saying is we're probably going to get less snow, more in the form of rain, which... Uh, has its own set of challenges there, because yeah, you know, snow holds in longer and and uh, will extend through the through the summer. Uh, rain tends to not do that. Now, who's leading this study for us? So we have a mul multiple uh, folks on campus. Uh, there are five professors who uh, from different disciplines, including botany, including uh, uh, engineering. It's it's a it's a fairly diverse group. And uh, because, you know, and social sciences, too. I mean, this is, what does this mean in economics, all this stuff. Uh, uh, so it's, a, it's a, and, and it's, it's going to involve uh, people at community colleges, too. So it's a, it's a big project involving a lot of people. You know, at, at one time in my life, I, I used to draw a lot of maps. And uh, when you really sit down and look at a map and where humans have put their communities and decided to settle, it's all about the water, isn't it, Chad? Definitely the case in this part of the country. I assume it probably is elsewhere, too, but yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I grew up in a community called Riverton, right there on, yeah. on the, the, the big and wind, little wind rivers where they, where they you know, joined together there. And so that's the name of the town, actually, which is, but lots of communities, uh, yes, and water I, and is everything. I'm really glad that uh, the social sciences are getting behind this as well because it really does affect everything that we do, uh, you know, our economy, the tourism. I mean, could you imagine you know, you going to visit the Yellowstone River and it's a trickle? You know, it would just uh, not only heartbreaking, but uh, also, you know, I'll say it, it's deadly. Uh, you know, droughts, they affect our food supply, they affect our water supply. You know, and and of course, you know the tourism side. It affects recreation. Um, you can't boat or have fun 
in an empty reservoir. And uh, I, I, I'm not sure if everybody understands the, the umbrella of, of drought that everything seems to fall under when it comes to, you know, our social situations and our economics. How are we yeah, hoping this helps our state? Well, it's so. This is a. This is we're, we, we. This is about sort of giving communities tools, right? Information and tools. Uh, um, and so it's, you know, it's, this is not, I, I mean, nobody's saying this is a cataclysmic thing that's going to happen. All of a sudden, boom, we won't have any water. This is, this is occurring over, over, you know, decades. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, um, so, you know, there may be some adjustments some communities can make uh, to use water in a more efficient way or to do things a little differently. I mean, and, and so it's, uh, this is about giving people information and tools and and it's not a, it's, this isn't any kind of a you know the world's coming into it not a doomsday kind of scenario no 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 this is like okay we can this is we know what's happening what can we do to adjust that's that's what this is about i think a lot of communities will really appreciate that information that comes out of this study uh and will be able to use the, something like this for years to come um, I, I love studies like this uh, because they are so versatile, and, and so many people can actually use this information. This is this is the whole idea behind science, in, in my opinion. You know, to improve our lives and to improve our situation. And and speaking on that, the Joe and Arlene Watt Foundation recently gave UW gift. What was this gift, Chad, and how will it be used? So it's five hundred thousand dollars. It's matched by the state of Wyoming, so it gets to a million dollars, and it creates a, a, an endowment fund to support what we're calling. It's the, the acronym is called is Imagine, but the Institute for Managing Annual Grasses Invading Natural Ecosystems. So it's about invasive plant species, and it's uh, it's headed up by uh, uh, Brian Mueller, who's right there in Sheridan, and our Sheridan Research and Extension Center is is uh, is heading this up. And it's a new, it's a, a, an augmented effort, I guess I would say, to combat invasive plant species like cheatgrass, like Medusa head, and there's some others as well that, uh, you know, that, that we know are a problem for particularly our agricultural industry, but also for wildlife. And something that is so hard. Uh, to try and get rid of, you know, invasive species. And I've, I've, I've often speak with Christina Schmidt from the Wyoming Game and Fish about these invasive species, including the grasses. And these things are very damaging to our ecosystem, aren't they? They are, yeah. It's, it's been a problem that, uh, you know, much of the Intermountain West has been dealing with. Cheatgrass in particular is problematic because it also presents a fire hazard. But it, it's, uh, it's, it's um, uh, something that we need to we need to deal with right there's things there's lots of research being done on how to to try to combat this of course we have our weed and pest districts across the state that are dealing with on this on a daily basis and they're just ramping up right now uh, i have a son who works in that uh, field and and uh, to, you know it's it's a it's a battle that's kind of being waged across our landscape and this this gift from the watts um you have done so of course so much in your community but also for the state as a whole and for the university is it's it's uh, we're amping up our efforts through their things like this and I, I i i love the fact that this is a study that's taking place right here in our neighborhood uh you know because we are affected locally here in Sheridan County and and our you know neighbors Johnson County affected just as much by these invasive grasses that have made their way from wherever to hear, yep. uh, you know, this is why it's so important for individuals to make sure that their hay that uh, they take for their animals into the wilds, up into these uh, national parks, is certified so that we don't end up packing these seeds from one area to another. And to an extent, you know, it's completely innocent how, how some of these things get around. Maybe it's in the mud of your boot and you don't even know it. So we really got to keep an eye on these things. All right, when we return, we're going to continue with the University of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share.
Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Now's the time to start those projects you've been dreaming about. Excavation, landscaping, or home improvement. Wagner Ranch Services has the materials. Wagner Ranch Services carries many types of gravel, scoria, topsoil, and landscaping products. Check out Wagner's landscaping display where you can view a variety of landscaping materials that can be picked up from the yard or delivered. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane, 307-752-2787. Open Monday through Friday from 7 to 5. Mossholder's Design Center is the place to save this Memorial Day weekend. Beginning Thursday, every single item is on sale. Mossholder's 18,000 square foot showroom is packed with in-stock items ready for you to take home. Mossholders has over 65 reclining sofas and love seats, more than 75 mattresses, several sectionals, and hundreds of accessories. Every purchase will be discounted whether you buy in stock or choose to order. That's Moss Holders Memorial Day Sale this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Join Sheridan Community Land Trust and Sheridan Media as we celebrate you at Trail Fest at Kendrick Park Saturday, June 4th. Starting at 8 a.m., we'll have food trucks, 5K fun run, yoga, a kid's raffle race with prizes, activity booths, and even live music. This free, family-friendly event is also where the Dead Swede Bike Race starts and finishes. We've got all the events in this week's Country Bounty and online at SheridanCLT.org. Trail Fest, June 4th at Kendrick Park, brought to you in part by First Federal Bank and Trust. It's almost time for your next road trip, and we're back just in time with another gas card giveaway. Hi, this is Matt Brown, mortgage lender with Homestar, inviting you to sign up for a chance to win one of three $100 gas cards to Farmers Co-op. All you have to do is enter our Homestar Gas Card Giveaway. It's that easy. Don't forget you can enter one time each day through May 25th. Winners will be drawn May 26th. Just go to the contest page on sharedmedia.com. You'll see us there. Homestar, the easiest way home. On this week's episode of the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast, we get into a bunch of playoff action, including the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. We also talk about the Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher feud going on. It feels like great theater, but it's actually just an episode of MTV's Real World Senior Edition. We talk about that as well as some other topics. So make sure you tune in to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on sharetomedia.com and podcastwyoming.com. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our partners over there at Alliance and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I'm speaking with the Director of Institutional Communications at our own University of Wyoming, Mr. Chad Baldwin. We've been discussing some studies being conducted at the university that will greatly help the state of Wyoming and our neighbors. One taking place right here in Sheridan County. Now, one that I'm extremely excited to talk about a study in, in years of research have recently confirmed a theory of famed UW archaeologist George Friesen. He began developing this theory all the way back in 1986. That shows you how long they have to work on these. All of this work has revealed that an eastern Wyoming Paleo-Indian site is the Americas, north and south, the oldest mine. Chad, this is exciting news. Uh, how have they determined this finding? Well, you know, they had some a good idea uh, that, that this was a pretty old site because of the artifacts that had been gathered from there over, over the years. But what they ended up, they did to really do a confirmation was to do an excavation of a place that hadn't been disturbed previously, you know, at least in recent years, and uh, to, to, to find out, you know, how old is this stuff here? And they were, in fact, able to confirm that uh, through the use, not only from the artifacts they found, but also uh, not not only like the spear points and things like that, but the, the people who used this site used animal bones and antlers to, to do the digging, and, and they dated those then to radiocarbon, and they found that the 12,840 years ago, as long as... You know, that's a long time ago. 
and that's about the time the first humans appeared in Wyoming, um, uh, that, that they were using this site. And, and that's by through digging and lots of hard work and then an analysis. And, uh, and so, yes, they have this confirmation. It was, this site was used by about 1,000 years uh, by, by Paleo-Indians uh, to, to, to mine red ochre which is a, a red pigment that they used pr probably in their, uh, some of their uh, rituals uh, and things like that. So, How very cool. amazing, how absolutely amazing is this? Now, are they continuing to dig the site? Yeah, there's, there's more plans for it. It's worth pointing out that this is a pri um, private land, and it's also very close to an iron ore mine that was used in the 20th century there at sunrise in eastern uh, Platte County, uh, and uh, and so it's uh, uh, um, and there are multiple parties involved. There's a local group uh, called the uh, Sunrise Historic and, and Prehistoric Preservation Society that's involved. Uh, the private landowner, I'm told, is is cooperative, and so yes, there is more work planned there, uh, I, I believe, and uh, there's more to be discovered. It's absolutely amazing, and 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 there's a paper available. Uh, for those of you who would like to check this out and, and look at the research that has been conducted, uh, we've got a link to that on our website. Um, who, who was the lead on this paper, Chad? Well, so the lead on this paper was uh, the state archaeologist, Spencer Pelton is his name. He's actually, that's a separate state agency, but they're housed here at the university, and he's a UW graduate, first got involved in this when he was a grad student here. Um, but there's other, uh, others that are involved as well. But he's the one who did this paper that was published in a really prestigious journal, The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And it's cool that actually Dr. Frisson, who, uh, you know, is the, you know, eminent archaeologist in Wyoming history, uh, is listed as a co-author because he, he was involved in the project before his death in 2020. And so... Uh, um, so anyway, that's 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 who's been involved. I mean, there were UW PhD students who participated in the excavation and others uh, for this particular paper. What an exciting finding! Uh, for all of the archaeological nuts out there, this is a big deal. How amazing is that? The oldest mine in all in both Americas. It's absolutely amazing. Another amazing discovery. UW is leading research that finds western glacier stoneflies in New Wyoming locations. Chad, what are these little insects, and why is their discovery so important? Well, it's important because it's, it's the only insect protected under the Endangered Species Act in Wyoming. And uh, it was believed to only be in Glacier National Park in Montana and then the Beartooths. Uh, and then one spot in Wyoming in the Tetons. But this research has discovered it's in, in new parts. It's in the Wind Rivers. It's in the Sarakas. I don't believe it's in the Bighorns, but it's, it is uh, in, in multiple places. And so it's more widely distributed than people thought it was. What does that mean for, you know, its federal protected status? That's not the university's call, but what the university does is provides information to the decision makers about uh, you know those sorts of decisions, so uh, um, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, that they they thought this thing was you know just in a couple spots in the world, and uh, and now we we say oh, it's more widely distributed than than people thought it was. I always love when they find something like this, you know that we we thought we had a handle on it, and then we find out that we don't. Uh, it, it it just it actually gives me hope uh, because. The quest of science is, of course, to answer questions, but I love when it just finds more questions, which is another uh, aspect of science. Uh, you know, you think you find an answer, but sure enough, it just leads to more study, more questions, and more amazing discoveries like this. Uh, Chad, it's always a pleasure to talk to you about these amazing studies being conducted at our university. I want to thank you for taking so much time with us today, and uh, I greatly appreciate speaking with you. Oh, we must have lost him. All right, well, when we return, we're going to talk with the Sheridan County Library System.
and the friends of the library. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Shared. Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Dale Cahoy of Perry's Trailer Sales. We're going to talk about the Titan Dump Box trailers you have in stock, Dale. Bob, we've got 14-foot, 16-foot gooseneck dump boxes. For the really heavy loads, we have a 16-foot triple axle, so you can load it up and not go overweight on it. They have tarps, solar panels, so if it's sitting there for a couple weeks and you need it, your batteries are going to be charged and ready to go. We also have the wireless remotes, so you don't have to get out of your truck to unload them. You can just press a button, and they unload. Come on down to the Titan Dump Box trailers of Perry Trailer Sales 2516 Coffee Navigator. Hey, Troy Baker. Bob, we've been moving a lot of quality pre-owned vehicles lately. Today on the lot, we have a 2018 Lincoln MKX Reserve for $38,595, a 2018 Volkswagen Tegan Select Premium, and it is priced at $32,995. If you have an extra vehicle that you no longer need, we continue to pay top dollar for pre-owned vehicles. Call us or we'll come out and make you an offer. The lot changes daily at Hammer Chevrolet. They're at 107 East Alger, online, hammerchevy.com. Heads up, whether it's at work, at home, or play, take a few seconds to look up and locate any overhead power lines. When working outside, be sure to keep yourself and any tools or equipment you're using at least 10 feet away. Teach your children to fly kites or toys in areas away from overhead power lines. And do not attempt to remove anything that has become tangled with a line. Always assume an overhead power line is energized and dangerous. A safety message brought to you by Montana Dakota Utilities. In the community to serve. Election season is upon us, and Sheridan County Election Office would like to remind all potential candidates that wish to file for public office that the filing deadline is this Friday, May 27th. City and town offices must file at their respective city or town halls and pay $25 filing fee. County offices file for $100 at the county election office, and state offices must file with the Secretary of State. For questions, please call the Sheridan County Election Office today at 674-2515. Good morning, and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Sheridan County Friends of the Library is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that consists of a volunteer board of directors interested in promoting Sheridan County's libraries and the services they provide. The Friends of the Sheridan County Library Board serves all four county library branches. They're purpose is to vitalize and share our enthusiasm for the use of Sheridan County's libraries, as well as the resources and services. This morning, I am joined by the president of the Friends of the Library Board, Susan DeWald, board member Mary Mc, McDougal? McDougal. McDougal, and the executive director of the Sheridan County Library System, Cameron Duff. Good morning and welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Now, uh, go ahead and tell our listeners a little about Friends of the Library. Floyd, you did a pretty good job explaining what we do already. Um, We were established in 1964. We're a nonprofit. Um, We're a volunteer board. That means the second Tuesday of each month at 530 at the Sheridan Fulmer Branch. Um, Our mission is to promote, advocate, celebrate, and love our libraries. We are a fundraising board. Um, We bring awareness, um, we do literacy campaigns, we provide resources and additional financial support for all four library branches. Um, And we need friends like um, our community to uh, support our libraries so that they can survive and thrive. Um, Our libraries are a foundational and valuable resource um, for our Sheridan County communities. And we want to thank um, you for a foundational and valuable resource. Sorry, we want to thank you for supporting... um, our, our local friends of the library board and our library branches. Oh, I'm very happy to do that. And, of course, the community as well. Now, Susan, how did you become involved in the Friends of the Library? 
I um, I became a stay-at-home mom once I had kids. I had um, I have an, I have a 12-year-old now and a set of eight-year-old twins. They're almost nine, and I was looking for a way to get out of the house and become um, something more than just a, a stay-at-home mom. And so I wanted to become a part of the community and and find some um, adult interaction. So there was a position on the board, and and I joined. How long have you been a member? Three years. Three years over yes. there. Now, uh, Mary, what about you? How did you become involved with Friends of the Library? I became involved with the Friends of the Library because I participated in the virtual storybook uh, fun run during COVID. A group of my friends and I got together and we dressed up as our so-called favorite storybook character. I was a ladybug. And the friends seemed to like me. (laughs) (laughs) That's always great, right? And asked me to join. That being said, I do love to read. I love books. And I love supporting anything that involves children. Yeah, yeah. And this, uh, our libraries really do, don't they? Uh, Very, very active uh, with our kids out there. Now, Cameron, what are some of the services that the library system provides to the general public? Oh, so, you know, beyond just books, um, you know, we, we have programming, we have um, different activities, and one of the main things that we try to strive is is teach the enjoyment of literacy, enjoyment of um, expanding your mind and, and, and having fun with it, and that's all all what we are doing to support education is, you know, education, they're teaching you all the fundamentals of uh, learning and those basic facts, but the library's role is more of that enjoyment, having fun with it. So one of the things that the friends are are very supportive of is some of the children's programming that goes on, and that's what leads us into this particular fundraising event is it's all geared towards kids. So um, beyond everything else that we do, you know, we have to, to help our younger generation um, be able to expand their minds and just have fun doing it. You know, Cameron, you and I often have discussions on, on you know, active things going on in the world around us uh, that actually pertain to literature, they pertain to uh, the preservation of knowledge. One thing that I, I, I wanted to ask you is with the dawn of the Internet, the dawn of social media, and with the availability of, of things to read, and that are out there. How does the library uh, remain so vital to the community uh, in in this day and age when when someone can just sit down and Google something uh, and and think that they've got it all figured out? Uh, how do you guys maintain that? So um, I don't think the mission has changed. You can go back 50 years, and there was a, a similar dilemma: is what is real, what is um, accurate information uh, information changes uh, you can look at a country it uh, government gets deposed and it's no longer a nation and so all those materials that you find in print books become obsolete in some ways and then something else so the library's role is more to focus on what is accurate information we will provide information from two viewpoints um, it's not necessarily geared towards saying this is the right way and that's it. No, we want you to be able to think for yourselves. So it has become more difficult, especially for parents, to understand and uh, monitor what their kids are doing. But that focus hasn't changed. We do rely on parents um, being the advocates for their own families. We're not here to tell you what to think and what not to think. We leave that into your hands. So it has become more difficult. Kids have more access to information. And when I say information, it doesn't necessarily have to be correct information. It's just if it's in print, someone thinks it's real. Yeah. And that's the dilemma even with social media. Words can be very powerful. And you put them into a written form like a book, um, your imagination can take you in some great directions. But words can also be very damaging and it's uh, very easy in today's society to hurt someone just by saying a few words. So um, we want to support parents in that aspect, but by no means um, do libraries have all the answers or were the end all um, to provide that because 
Um, unfortunately, we can sort through and find primary sources for individuals, but uh, in the end, we leave it up to parents to decide, and you have to take an active role in that. I love that, and, and, and because context is something that is so vitally important, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you can give me all the information in the world, but depending on my context, understanding of that information, who knows which way it can go uh, and how it can be used. Cameron, how vital are the Friends of the Library to the Sheridan County Library System? Oh, it's it's without question extremely vital. Um, if you look over the almost 40 years that they've been in existence, you're talking close to a million and a half dollars that they have raised uh, in support of libraries. Um, whether it's purchasing books, um, providing programming, um, maybe 10, 15 years ago they provided a courier vehicle. Everything that isn't being provided in our regular budget, um, they, they're able to augment um, and supplement some of those things. But um, yeah, the, the library would look totally different without the friends, so I can't emphasize enough. We may fundraise in a different way than we had in the past, but uh, the aspect of what this board does, it's completely volunteer. They are putting in a lot of effort, a lot of work to do this just to raise money, and we can't thank them enough. And I love that, you know, the Friends of the Library are really the community arm of the library. Uh, you and your team do such a great job, you know, keeping the, the library vital, keeping the library alive and making it a fun place to go. Uh, but the, the, the Friends of the Library are really the, at the, the community itself showing the library system, I want to be involved. I want to help my library system. And I, I, I really think that that's something that's overlooked. You know, these these folks are not just out there trying to raise funds. They are you involved in the library system, something that you and I have talked about, you know, people getting involved in their libraries, using the programs, taking advantage of the information that's down there. And you can do this in many different ways. One of these ways is is something that's really fun, and, and I've always looked forward to this. Tell me about the upcoming Storybook Festival that's going to be happening on June 25th. It kicks off with yoga in the park at 7.30, and the park being Whitney Commons. At 8 a.m., people can register, sign in, and then at 8.30 a.m., our one-mile and 5K fun runs begin. People are encouraged to dress in costume of their favorite character. However, it's not necessary. A stroller, Baby strollers are welcome and even well-behaved dogs. Oh, fantastic. Uh, you, you can even dress up your dog if you wanted to, I think. And, and I've seen some parents out there make strollers look like some pretty cool things. I think that would be really neat to see. It's amazing what you can do with a little bit of cardboard, isn't it? That's right. Now, I, so we do need to register. Uh, how do I do that? I show up to the park. I'm in my costume. I'm ready to go. Uh, where do I go? What do I need to do? Well, you can do everything online at this point. You can check out our Facebook page. Um, we're at Friends of the Sheridan County Library. We're also on Instagram. But on Facebook, you'll find our event. Um, just search the Storybook Festival. And um, there is a link to race registration if you want to participate in the fun run. You can do everything online. You can pay online. Um, and then if you get your registration in by June 1st, and I know that's just around the corner, but you can get the T-shirt of your size. Otherwise, T-shirt sizes might be, you know, pick and choose um, just because we have to order those pretty quick here. Um, so, yeah, you can do everything online. Just go in there. Or if you want to sign up on the day of the event, you're more than welcome to do that as well. Um, cost is $35 to do the fun run, and you do get a T-shirt. And like Mary said, um, the check-in begins at 8 a.m. on the day of, and the fun run starts at 8.30. And then we will be awarding prizes for um, the top times in the 5K for male and female adults and male and female youth under 18, as well as for best costumes, um, best costume in adult and best costume youth, as well as the best tandem costume. So that might be um, you want to do a family event or you want to do like thing one, thing two, if you have a friend you want to participate with. Um, so it can be a group, it can be a mom and, and a kid, it can be um, two, it can be a whole group. Um, so lots of exciting stuff we can do there. So many options to choose from. Yeah. I, I absolutely love this. And now, uh, 
will there be vendors? Yes, we're going to have vendors, and we're actually looking for vendors. So if you are interested in becoming a vendor, um, reach out to us. You can do that on our Facebook or Instagram page. Um, you can reach out to the library and, and call the phone number or use the um, email there, or you can, um, you can give me a call, too, 752-7434. Um, we'll get you set up to be a vendor. Um, so what we have now is we have some face painting. We have... Um, a lot of story times going on. Some story times, yeah. Um, we're also looking for um, some entertainers. If you if you play some live music and you want to do that or you have a special talent, you can give us a call and um, we can get you set up to do that. And also if you're a local author or illustrator or you just love to read, we're looking for some story time slots as well. Oh, how fantastic. Um, so I can yeah. volunteer, come down and you read can, a book yes, to the kids. We, we welcome any how volunteers. Cool you can come down and read. You can come down and help with one of the lawn games. You can help with setup, takedown. We have lots of opportunities for volunteers. Well, you know, uh, one thing that I absolutely love about the Sheridan and Johnson County area, we have so many talented writers, talented artists. You know, the talent around here is absolutely amazing. Uh, do you often get a lot of authors who who come in to enjoy the uh, Storybook Festival? We had three local authors come in and, and read their um, individual books and stories to us last year. That was pretty exciting. Um, we have reached out to Gene Gagliano. He's the Wyoming po- uh, Poet Laureate, um, so we're hoping that he'll attend. Um, but we do have we do have a lot of of local authors, and um, we have a lot of good storytellers around here as yep. well. And some of those, uh, you know, the rough and tough cowboys out there with the fantastic voices, they would fit in perfectly, yes. wouldn't yes. they? Now, uh, when it comes to those vendors, uh, are we looking mainly for, like, refreshments or, hey, if I've got a big old steak sandwich food truck, I can I can sign up. I mean, what kind of vendors are we really looking for? We've got our food trucks um, all ready to go. Um, we're going to have Java Gypsy, Pizza, and Kona Ice. Um, so really we're just looking for if you um, are a crafting vendor or you um, if you if you make a baked good or um, you can be an organization. Um, we've had Little Miss Wyoming join us. Um, Tongue River Twisters is joining us. Um, we have had... Um, henna artists. So if you just have a, a particular craft or something that you enjoy doing, you can bring, or if you're a, a local author and you want to sell your book, um, grab, Show a, up. grab a vendor table and um, we'll get you set up and then people can come and shop and support local. I love this. It really does turn it into a festival, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I think about festival, I think about like fire eaters and jugglers and, you know, people out there performing. And then I would love to see that out there, you know, maybe dressed in something, maybe their favorite character, which would be pretty cool to see. Now, uh, you said there's face painting. What are some other activities that families can take part in outside of the run? Um, this year we're going to have the amazing AJ do his magic act oh, again. magic show. And he's going to be our MC as well. We have, um, like we said, story times. We have some live music. We've got lots of kids' activities. Um, we've got some lawn games. So there's going to be, um, you can maybe toss the, do a football toss or a, a, a golf chipping. Um, oh, Trevor lifted his head at that, golf chipping. <laughs> <laughs> we have a bounce house. We have an obstacle course. Um, we've just got lots of, of, of stuff for the whole family. So this is, I mean, this is a festival that's really geared for the kids, but parents, grown-ups, we can all dive into that, uh, the land of imagination, can we? Absolutely. And, and there's going to be plenty for everyone to do down there. And, and who knows, maybe, uh, maybe you'll see old Trevor chipping in some, uh, <laughs> some golf balls. That would be pretty funny. Now, uh, what are the some is some of the fun characters that you've seen people show up as in the past? We've seen lots of butterflies. Um, we've had dragons, pirates, cowboys, cowgirls, um, Alice in Wonderland, um, Peter Pan. Yeah, lots of cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, you're you're more than welcome to attend without. A character yes. as well. Yeah, you so. don't have to get dressed up, do you, Cameron? Yeah. I, I, I want to put that out there just because <laughs> I'm, I'm not 
that great at dressing up either. So, <laughs> you know, you bring your family in, you don't have to dress up to participate. That's, right. That's we, right. We want parents, kids, we, we want it to be a fun time. And I, I also want to emphasize, even though this is a fundraiser, this is our way of giving back to the community as well. We There's not a lot of things going on that are geared specifically for kids. And that's one of the reasons that uh, the Friends started this is to get out there and and give back. And we want as many kids as possible down there at the park. And, you know, I think this is, like you said, you know, geared towards the kids, geared toward the community. This is a way that you can show up there, help your library while also having a fantastic time. I I mean, this, this sounds really fun. You know, festivals... Uh, we we all know that during the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, we lost the ability to go out and do these kinds of fun things. So I'm 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 really thinking that there's going to be like a resurgence, uh, you know, where people are like, you know, I wouldn't have gone before, but now now I'm gonna I'm gonna get down there. And so, hey, even maybe you have a teenager who loves uh, what do they call that stuff? Mag maga. Mag, no, well, mag, yeah. Uh, if mag is, is political, um, it, it's more the the graphic novels type. Yeah, of, yeah. Mag, the, the graphic manga, yeah. manga. You that's got what me it's called. Confused there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe they want to dress up from uh, their favorite character out of that and take them down there. Love to see those types of costumes. The more costumes, the better. Cameron, do you have a favorite s- storybook character? I, I, I know, I know you're not the type to really. I get know dressed I'm up, not the but, type to dress up, but, but if I, you... I love the Disney characters. It's, I got to go back to my childhood, and you know, seeing that, especially Saturday nights, everything Disney would come on Saturday and Sunday nights. So I, I love seeing some of those characters. But uh, yeah, you could get into Shrek. You could do anything um, that's it's fun and exciting. Just keep in mind that you know, if whatever you're dressing up as. Um, if it's going to be a hot day, you're going to feel Ooh. it. So just be aware. Um, that's one of the reasons this uh, is now 8 to noon instead of the afternoon hours is trying to keep it so it's not so hot. But Especially for those runners. That. That's, huh? that's the big thing is just have fun. Enjoy the day. Be out there with your kids. Don't worry what everyone else is doing. Just, you know, enjoy the day. Jump in. Use your imagination. Yes. One of the most fun things I ever did, I spent six months six months making my own Darth Vader costume. It looked amazing. I made it out of placemats, of all things, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, now, Susan, do you have a favorite storybook character? Maybe not one that you've dressed up as, but one that you're like, you know what? I love this this character right here. I really like to read horror novels, and so one of my favorite characters is Dracula, and I've dressed up as him for many Halloweens before. Um, but my kids, they love the Mar- Marvel characters, you know, oh, Thor yeah. and Hulk, and, and those are big. So um, we also like the Disney characters, but we're more we're more villain type. We like Cruella de Vil and Ursula and that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, villains get the best costumes yeah, sometimes, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that collar. I, I would wear those collars if it was socially acceptable everywhere. <laughs> now, Mary, what about you? You got a favorite character out of the storybooks? Oh goodness! Um, as I listen, I, I might have to up, update myself. Um, that being said, growing up, I always really enjoyed the Littles, which was oh. a story about mice. And now, as I've gotten older, I do having a corgi, which I've had for now. Uh, there's books out of uh, regarding a, a corgi. So I could dress up as that. And then my other favorite animal book is The Diary of a Worm. So, you know, I'm I'm somewhere kind of, you know, underground, it seems. Showing showing up as a worm. Who, right? You know, that's a costume. Yeah, that, it is that, a costume. Get, get some of that foam type stuff. I yes. think it would be absolutely amazing. I got about two minutes left. Uh, tell me where and when this happens one more time, please. Okay. The Friends of the Sheridan County Library Storybook Festival is going to be held Saturday, June 25th at Whitney Commons Park from 7.30 a.m. to noon. Um, the day begins with yoga on the lawn at 7.30, and the fun runs begin at 8.30. Music, magic, games, and story time, local vendors, and food trucks. All proceeds from this event directly benefit our Sheridan County libraries. So you can go. You can have a really good time. You can get, uh, you know, a really good run in 
and get a little bit of yoga, which, uh, you know, hey, stretch beforehand. That's right. And that helps out a lot. And I just want to point out, the city is blocking off um, Alger um, Street right in front of the library. So you can park at the library, but you're free to walk um, between the library and the park. Fantastic. And one thing that I do want folks to know, you know, there is a lot of information out there online. There's there's a lot of online books and things like that. But one thing that will never change is that feeling you get when you open the book, you're on the deck, you've got some coffee or tea, and you're watching it rain. Me and my wife actually discussed that last night. That'll never be replaced by anything electronic. I want to thank you folks for coming in today. And uh, thank you for everything that you do for our library. Thank you. Thank Thanks. you. All right. This has been Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it. Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Elias and Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Elias and Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Election season is upon us, and Sheridan County Election Office would like to remind all potential candidates that wish to file for public office that the filing deadline is this Friday, May 27th. City and town offices must file at their respective city or town halls and pay $25 filing fee. County offices file for $100 at the county election office, and state offices must file with the Secretary of State. For questions, please call the Sheridan County Election Office today at 674-2515. As a mom, wife, and proud Wyomingite, I don't want big government ruining our state. That's why I'm proud of Kurt Meyer, our state treasurer, who's kept his promise to fight for taxpayers, stop waste and abuse, and grow our public investment so the politicians can't claim they need to keep raising taxes and fees. With Kurt Meyer, our financial future is more secure. Go to KurtMeyerWyoming.com to help. I'm Kurt Meyer, and I approve this message. Is it time to get down on one knee and ask her for her hand? At Legacy Diamond and Gems, finding her dream engagement ring just got easier. Legacy offers hundreds of styles in the store or explore their website for inspiration. Looking for a gorgeous and unique engagement ring? Legacy's in-house jewelers can bring your ideas to life with original craftsmanship and quality second to none. Legacy Diamond and Gems, downtown Sheridan, online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one, too. (laughs) And that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Right now at McDonald's, try one of our icy cold slushies. Enjoy deliciously refreshing flavors like the new tropical mango or strawberry watermelon and pair it with our world-famous fries. Price and participation may vary. What are you doing this Memorial Day weekend? Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. If you have projects lined out for the weekend, we'll be open and ready to help. Our staff will help you get the right products for your projects at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Paint is on sale, got dandelions, working on the sprinkler system, potting some plants, lawn needs some fertilizer. We know you have a choice, and thank you for shopping at the Sheridan Commercial Company. We're open all Memorial Day weekend for whatever you need help with at 303 Broadway. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K R O B.